Get ready for a one-of-a-kind experience. Welcome, welcome to the Starter Zone, your home for the weekly news from around the world. Your host for this journey, Amanda. The word of the day is Hurricane. She's going to bring you everything you need to hear about entertainment, gaming, and maybe just a little bit bizarre. Hold tight, because here she comes. Thank you, Raven, for that warm, warm welcome. Hello there, my friends. Good day to you all. Welcome to episode 20 of the Starter Zone. I am your guide, Amanda, and it is time to bring you the headlines from all of the entertainment news sources. Today is August the 22nd. Let's take a look at the headlines we will be visiting. Warner Brothers is being sued. AEW is having a cash problem. Twitch is making a big change. And Elon is having backlash over a proposed exchange. All of that and more. Get comfy, everyone, and let's get started. So the movie The Nun is a 2018 American gothic supernatural horror film that was directed by Corin Hardy and written by Gary Dauberman. It's a spin-off or prequel of sorts to the 2016's The Conjuring 2, and it's the fifth installment in the Conjuring Universe franchise, with actress Bonnie Ahrens reprising her role as the demon nun, an incarnation of Valak from The Conjuring 2. The plot follows a Roman Catholic priest and a nun who traveled to Romania in 1952 to uncover an unholy secret. And as the titular demon entity, Bonnie Ahrens, is all over every bit of marketing for the film and the upcoming sequel. But now, the actress is claiming that Warner Brothers is hiding just exactly how much they've made off of her likeness in order to short her on the profits, and she's suing the studio for it. So far, it sounds in regards to the proceeds from marketing, she's getting none, or at least, okay, nothing like she expected to get. The lawsuit, which was first reported by The Hollywood Reporter, names Warner Brothers, New Line Cinema, and Scope Productions LLC for a breach of contract, breaching the covenant of good faith and fair dealing and accounting. It claims that they exploited the talent and creativity and likeness of Bonnie Ahrens to enormous financial success and hasn't properly compensated her in accordance with the contract. According to the complaint, Ahrens' contract allowed for a fixed compensation of $71,500 for her work on The Nun, plus potential additional box office bonuses that ultimately earned her another $175,000, but also required that Miss Aarons would receive a share of Warner Brothers gross profits and receipts from merchandise exploiting her likeness. Her lawsuit alleges instead of accounting and payment in transparent fashion, Warner Brothers is obscuring and hiding the true amount of Miss Aarons' rightful share of the merchandising revenues, 
all while continuing to exploit her. I got two words for you, Vince. Mary Clarence. Bless you. Had you go in there for just a moment, didn't we? Eh, probably the nicest thing she could have said anyway. The Nun, as the lawsuit notes, has been a massive hit for Warner Brothers. It pulled in $365 million worldwide when it was re- released in 2018, and it stands as the highest grossing movie in the continuously lucrative Conjuring universe, which was more than enough to justify the sequel with The Nun 2, where Aaron's will reprise her role as the Demon Nun, and it's set to debut on September the 8th. When it comes to merchandise, however, Aaron's lawsuit claims the figures hmm, don't know what they're doing. Less transparent, she says. It goes on to say in the lawsuit between May 12th of 2019 and September 30th of 2022, Warner Brothers sent Aaron's representative a number of written statements showing her share of the revenue, but which were inconsistent with the extensive merchandising activities by Warner Brothers for the character. Well, subsequent efforts by Aaron's representatives to get more sufficient documentation from Warner Brothers about it, the lawsuit says they didn't really answer. They kind of just left it hanging. So she's not satisfied. Fair enough. Look, we know Warner Brothers is having money issues. We've talked extensively about this. And even in the last episode, we talked about their streaming, their massive loss of subscribers, and how they're starting to even license out their movies to competitors like Netflix. We've seen them cut massive productions due to money concerns. So the idea that Aaron's is not getting but maybe a fraction of what she's owed really isn't surprising. God, it's here. Okay, seriously, is this studio haunted? Good news for everybody except the trolls. Twitch streamers will soon be able to block banned users from continuing to watch their live broadcasts. So currently a ban on Twitch will only stop disruptive or abusive users from being able to communicate via Twitch chat. They can't communicate with the streamer. They can't talk with the other viewers. But in September, that's going to change with an opt-in feature. So it's not mandatory. It's an opt-in feature for all Twitch streamers to immediately cut their live feeds for anyone given a ban. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. Why? Do people get hit in the ass with it a lot? It's just an expression. Oh, I'm kind of worried about this door now, though. Just leave. Yeah, and do me a favor. Don't leave butt prints on my door on your way out, okay? Twitch streamer Loco brought attention to the upcoming feature on a post on X, or formerly Twitter, where they noted that the ban will currently not extend to a block on VODs or clips. But, I mean, honestly, in my opinion, it kind of makes sense. You can't interact with chat with a VOD or a clip. Everything's pre-recorded, So it kind of keeps the harassment to a minimum. But Twitch itself is still considering additional functionality, which includes the option to ban uh, IP address users to avoid anyone getting around the block by just simply logging out or creating a new new account. But really, okay, is that going to be enough to stop the trolls and stop the stalkers? In some cases, I do think it will be. There was a commentator by the name of Mr. Tom FTW that said it best, I think. Quote, yes, this won't stop people from creating new accounts. IP bans won't stop people either because of VPNs and dynamic IPs. There is no cure-all solution, but it's about putting as many obstacles in the way of the trolls 
obsessives, etc., as possible, in the hope that the next step will be that one step too far for them. Plus, it will be effective in putting off, you know, the casual idiots. It's not perfect, but in my view, it's all appreciated regardless, unquote. I really think, I mean, that is a good start to getting the problem under control. Can't see me if I ban you. So while Twitch is over here talking about banning blocked users from seeing your live content, the ex formerly known as Twitter may be kind of doing the opposite. Twitter ex owner Elon Musk recently announced that the social media platform will soon remove the block button as a feature. And nothing can go Replying to a post on X where someone asked for reasons as to why an individual would want to block and or mute someone, Musk responded to the post noting that the blocking feature will soon be deleted as a feature except for direct messages. He followed up by saying that the block feature just makes no sense even though the block feature will still be available on direct messages. Okay, well, that statement doesn't really make sense either. Well, on social media platforms like X, a blocking feature really is just often a tool used by so many people to remove not only spam or bot accounts that interact with your account, but also people that are heckling you or stalking you to various degrees. And this allows you to prevent the individual or individuals from contacting you in any capacity on the platform in question. So while the mute button is still around, the mute button, it only means you won't see posts on your feed from the account you muted, but they can still follow, they can still message and interact with you in the comments, as well as your chat or in the case of X, your thread. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. This latest decision by Musk to remove the block button really quickly trended across X and other social medias and spurred speculation that it's a play to serve more ads as users are not going to be able to block advertisements anymore. Yay, fun. So this latest move is just since taking over the company in 2022, Musk has made other polarizing decisions that have just been met with confusion and frustration from users. More notably, when Musk rebranded Twitter to X and sunsetted uh, these legacy verified check marks making verification a paywall feature for Twitter Blue. Other additions included the ability to edit tweets and the option to hide that blue check, despite the latter being heavily marketed as an incentive to pay the $8 per month for the subscription. So with this block button set to go away at some point in the near future, and we don't know a timeline here, it does seem Musk isn't finished with his remake of this platform, formerly known as Twitter. Professional AEW wrestling star Cash Wheeler has been arrested in Orlando and charged with aggravated assault with a firearm. Cash Wheeler, whose given name is Daniel, is one half of the current AEW tag team champions known as FTR, along with partner Dax Harwood. Wheeler, age 36, was booked in circuit court, the Orlando Sentinel reported, citing the county records. Now, the arrest warrant was issued back on July the 28th, and he pled not guilty on August the 3rd. 
not guilty. What's the matter with you? I don't know. Let's find out more. At a hearing on August 18th, it was revealed that Wheeler's arrest stemmed from a road rage type incident in which the wrestler was accused of brandishing a gun at an alleged victim, according to the Wrestling Observer. In a statement from AEW to the Orlando Sentinel, they said AEW has been made aware of the charge and we are closely monitoring the situation. Wheeler is fully cooperating with local authorities. Wheeler wrestled in WWE as Dash Wilder from 2014 to 2020 in the tag team known as The Revival before joining AEW. FTR is currently booked to wrestle the Young Bucks, their years-long rivals at AEW's All-In Pay-Per-View at Wembley Stadium in London on August the 27th. This event has reportedly sold over 80,000 tickets, and so far it's the biggest event in the company's four-plus-year history and is breaking records across the industry. Bad timing. This absolutely could have been very bad timing for this. I mean, this match that's coming up is going to be absolutely huge. But according to the court records, it doesn't look like Cash was banned from traveling um, or even banned from traveling to the UK. He didn't have to give up his passport as part of the bail uh, hearing that they had. So at this rate, we'll see you at All In. Prepare thyself for football season is just around the corner. Back on August the 18th, the Philadelphia Eagles played against the Cleveland Browns in a preseason game at Lincoln Financial Field. All right, so in the third quarter, Eagles wide receiver Tyree Cleveland went up to make a catch along the sidelines on a pass from the quarterback of Tanner McKee when he came down really awkwardly on his neck and remained on the ground. It was very scary to watch. He stayed down on the field for several minutes while the medical staff was attending to him. Cleveland was eventually placed on a stretcher and carted off the field. But Eagles fans, dudes. The Eagles fans are now being condemned for doing the wave as Cleveland was being wheeled out. Catch a wave and you're sitting on top of the world. Nothing beachy or peachy about that situation. Digital producer Kevin Achatula posted, quote, Eagles fans are doing the wave while one of their own players is down on the field needing to be taken off on a stretcher. Come on, Philly, be better. Another person posted, actually a horrible look what we are doing, unquote. Uh, Jamie Apodi of WPVI-TV in Philadelphia remarked on X Twitter, quote, Philly fans are the best, the most passionate, and that's why... This surprised me so much. I do think it's very plausible they will they were lulled into a daze by a lackluster game and didn't quite realize the severity of the injury. But it definitely did go on too long into it, unquote. Now, amongst all the condemnation, an Eagles fan did chime in to defend the fans, saying, as someone who was actually there, the wave started before that play ended and nobody saw him down when it started, unquote. Good news, though, the Eagles did later confirm that Cleveland has movement in all of his extremities, and he will be fine. The game continued, but the injuries continued to pile up for the team. Eagles defensive tackle Moro Ojomo also suffered a neck injury in the second half and was carted off as well. The team has since announced that Ojomo, who is a rookie out of Texas, has movement in all of his extremities as well. The game concluded in an 18-all tie. 
game over, man. It's game over. Thankfully not over for these two players. Man, preseason's off to a rough start, isn't it? Okay, slight exaggeration. It's not the end of the world, but it is the end of an era. And that's perfectly fine. After a quarter century of operation, Netflix is ending its DVD by mail service this September. If you're still a DVD subscriber or if you resubscribe now for some reason, you'll actually have a chance at getting 10 movies sent to you later this month. An email went out to subscribers that said Netflix is trying to, quote, have some fun with the send off. And that includes gifting members with as many as 10 DVDs. These will be films from the subscribers DVD queue and they'll ship on September 29th, which is the last day that Netflix will distribute the DVDs. Netflix said by a collider, you won't know if any extra envelopes are headed your way until they arrive in your mailbox and added that this promotion is only available while supplies last and in a limited quantity. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Well, if you're going to do it, have some fun with it. Netflix says it has mailed out more than 5 billion DVD and Blu-ray discs in the U.S. since 1998. And with the rise of digital and streaming, Netflix's by-mail offerings have declined and declined. Back in 2022, Netflix reported that its DVD business had brought in $145.7 million in revenue, which is actually only 0.5% of the company's total sales. Netflix had 40 million unique DVD subscribers over the years, and the first DVD shipped was Beetlejuice back on March 10th of 1998. The most requested DVD was The Blind Side, which we talked about last week. It's back in the news now that the movie's subject has called the real-life story, inspiring it a lie. If you want to sign up for the DVD package now, plans start at $10 a month for one disc, at a time scaling to $20 a month for three discs at a time. Some movies are not available to stream on Netflix, and they are available through DVD. So, you know, that's something. For the next two minutes... Only 1995. Eh, close enough. Hang on to your hats, everybody. This one gets a little bit wild. When people talk about California and the natural disasters that they deal with, we really hear more about wildfires and earthquakes. But now we're hearing about Hillary. Southern Californians were bracing for significantly heavy rainfall and extensive flooding as a very dangerous and significant Hurricane Hillary was going to roll ashore. Hillary was originally forecasted to be a very dangerous Category 4 storm, but by the 19th of Saturday, it had weakened to a Category 2. But on the 20th at roughly 2 p.m. local time, Hillary had a maximum sustained winds of 60 miles per hour, was about 115 miles south-southeast of San Diego, according to the National Hurricane Center. This drops it down from a hurricane to tropical storm. Tropical storm Hillary officially made landfall on the Baja California Peninsula in Mexico. It's raining sideways! Sounds rough, Ollie. Do you have an umbrella? Had one! Where is it? Inside out, two miles away! Is there anything we can do for you? Bring me some soup! What kind? Chunky! We'll get right on that for you, Ollie. 
Residents of Southern California were already beginning to feel Hillary's impacts in the form of rainfall on Saturday the 19th, according to Nancy Ward, director of the California Governor's Office of Emergency Services. Ahead of the storm, flights had been canceled. Several area baseball games scheduled for the 20th were moved up to become split doubleheaders on the 19th. This was according to Major League Baseball news release. Well, then Major League Soccer got involved, and they started postponing games that were scheduled for Sunday night, the 20th, and even Death Valley National Park closed. What about downtown? Well, the Screen Actors Guild and the Writers Guild of America, who have both been striking for the last several weeks, announced their canceling picketing that was planned for Monday. Now that the storm has mostly passed through California, you're starting to see pictures show up on social media showing the damage. One iconic picture, as it's about to become, is Dodger Stadium being almost completely flooded. You can see the walls of the stadium, parking lots pretty much underwater. Interstate 10 is covered in mud from all the mudslides in the surrounding areas. So travel right now is pretty difficult in Southern California. I know of at least one comic artist who was in Nevada for a family event, was planning on coming home, but can't get through. So she's having to stay in Nevada for at least one more day. So we're going to see how long that's going to take to clear up. Storm waters, depending on the area, can last for days. Um, Personal experience talking here. So uh, they're going to get the help that they need, and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of damage. It's just California not prepared for any kind of storm like this. They don't normally get these. This is a very abnormal thing. But wait, there's more. What are you talking about? I thought we covered everything. Raven, you have a very weird sense of humor, but I like it. California, let's talk a minute. What have you done? Mother Nature dealt Southern California a one-two punch on the 20th and Sunday when an earthquake in Ventura County triggered widespread shaking the same day the region was drenched by its first tropical storm in decades. The magnitude 5.1 earthquake at 2.41 p.m. startled Southern Californians who were already braced for the remnants of Hurricane Hillary, then now a tropical storm, and had already brought hours of steady rain during this region's driest month of the year. There were at least a dozen aftershocks of magnitude 3.0 or greater. The earthquake was centered around four miles southeast of Ojai, which is about 80 miles northwest of Los Angeles. Wowee! Okay, I think y'all have earned a break now. Aiden Ross is one of Kick's most popular broadcasters, having signed with the platform earlier this year in an exclusive contract. Since then, he's been one of the faces of the platform, but internet stardom isn't always sunshine and roses. Back on August the 16th, Ross was swatted, while training in a boxing gym in Miami, Florida, alongside fellow creator Sneeko. Ross cut the broadcast off shortly thereafter, but uploaded the VOD to YouTube, showing himself walking out of the gym to speak with officers as patrol cars gathered outside, lights flashing. But this wouldn't be the end of his troubles by far. Two days later, Ross decided to host another IRL in real life stream at what appears to be a top golf location with another fellow streamer by the name of Jinxie. But that broadcast didn't last long either. Another one. Yep, you guessed it. Just minutes after booting up his stream, 
Ross and company were informed by an employee that they had been swatted. Again, this marks the second time in just two days, leaving the streamer visibly exasperated. You can hear the attendant saying that the police, quote, came in with guns, unquote, before telling the group they had to go. Aiden apologized in another conversation and said, I'm sorry, bro. Employees can be heard saying someone called in saying there was an active shooter, which caused the police to come in guns blazing. Ross lamented, I didn't even get a swing in. Why are people so weird, dude? I just couldn't get the ball in the hole. I wanted to, but I just couldn't do it. This probably won't be the last time that Ross will be a victim of swatting. It's happened before. He's a controversial figure. He was banned off of Twitch, surprise, and so he went to kick. And other broadcasters such as iShowSpeed and Kai Sinat have also been recent victims of swatting. I mean, just a couple weeks ago, we covered the story of Nicki Minaj and how she's been swatted, what, three times in the last couple of months. Uh, I haven't heard anything recently, so hopefully her lawyers were able to help her keep that under control. But with people like Aiden Ross, the ones who court the controversies, people are going to target them. It's not the right thing for them to do. It doesn't mean that they're excused in any shape, form, or fashion. But guy couldn't even go out and just play golf for one evening with a friend. I mean, that's it's it's sad. I think that's the word I'm really looking for. It's just it's kind of a, a sad situation where they can't even go out in public just to have innocent fun. Yeah, he was setting up an IRL stream. Was he really hurting anybody at that point? Let's just take a page from the Philadelphia Eagle story from a few minutes ago. And all just be better. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it appears that Britney Spears is back on the market. Spears' husband, Sam Asgari, filed for divorce on August the 16th. This news comes less than a day after it was first reported that Asgari, 29, and Spears, 41, had separated after 14 months of marriage. A representative for Britney did not immediately respond to Entertainment Weekly's request for comment, and in a statement posted to his Instagram story on, on Thursday afternoon, Asgari wrote, quote, After six years of love and commitment to each other, my wife and I have decided to end our journey together. We will hold on to the love and respect we have for each other, and I wish her the best always, unquote. He did go on to add that stuff happens and asking for privacy seems ridiculous, so I'll just ask for everyone, including the media, to be kind and thoughtful. TMZ was the first to report the news of the couple's split, with multiple sources re- uh, referencing a what they call nuclear argument that involved allegations of cheating. Spears and Asgari began dating shortly after they met on the set of her Slumber Party music video back in 2016. Six years later, the pair tied the knot in a backyard wedding ceremony attended by their pals Madonna, Drew Barrymore, and Paris Hilton. The couple were together throughout Spears' legal battle to end her 13-year conservatorship, which ended back in November of 2021. Asgari, who frequently voiced his support for the pop star online, celebrated the news on Instagram with a caption that read, History was made today. Britney is free. Truer words, never spoken. Amid the court hearings, it was announced that the couple had gotten engaged and they were expecting their first child. 
In May of 2022, though, Spears and Asgari revealed that they had lost their miracle baby in a joint statement on Instagram. And apparently third time was not the charm for Spears as this was her third marriage. Asgari, this was his first marriage. The Grammy-winning singer was previously married to her childhood friend, Jason Allen Alexander, for a record 55 hours back in 2004. Alexander later attempted, though, to crash Spears' wedding to Asgari and was subsequently convicted of aggravated trespassing and battery for the incident. Following her marriage annulment from Alexander, Spears went on to marry Kevin Federline in 2004 as well. The pair, who shared two children, divorced back in 2007. She's come a pretty long way, and yet it seems her troubles are not yet over. I don't know, sometimes life really truly is a circus, isn't it? Well, Amanda, we have a comment. This one was emailed in from Angel of Florida. Angel writes, Hey, Amanda, been listening for a while, and I love your show. I was wondering if you've been seeing or hearing the music from Oliver Anthony. As a single working mother, I find his words resonating with me. Just wondering your take. Thanks so much, and keep up the good work. Thank you so much, Angel, for your email. We love hearing from our listeners, so welcome to the show. And thank you very much, Raven, for bringing us this comment. So, Oliver Anthony, the overnight sensation. I have actually been wondering whether I should cover the story or not, just due to the varying degrees of conversations about him. But you know what? It's entertainment, and I actually do want to talk about it, so... Up until about a week ago, Oliver Anthony was a relatively unknown artist, but all of that changed thanks to the invention of the internet, which makes it possible for people to find overnight success. Anthony produced a blue-collar song called Rich Men North of Richmond, and it went viral after the former factory worker with Radio West Virginia, or Radio WV, recorded him singing the song and they uploaded it to YouTube. And for those who haven't heard it yet, here's a little taste of it. These rich men north of Richmond, Lord knows they all just want to have total control. Want to know what you think, want to know what you do, and they don't think you know, but I know that you... This was the 31-year-old's first song recorded with professional equipment. Now, the tune it's just, it has such depth of emotion, and it expresses his frustrations plaguing the country such as homelessness and sex trafficking, folks taking advantage of the welfare system, the suicide rates, and a whole lot more. And it just speaks to the working class communities across America. So much so that it's been viewed over 29 million times online, and it's found itself in quite a few political conversations. 
Well, now Anthony's song and his name, they just exploded across the internet. He's just gotten bombarded with emails and personal messages. And he released a video even talking about how he turned down a major record deal with some labels. And one of them included an $8 million contract. So he set the record straight on who he is and what he stands for. Anthony turned back to social media and he introduced himself. So he's had music up on YouTube for quite some time, but it's like, who is he really? So his real name is not Oliver Anthony. His real name is Christopher Anthony Lunsford, but he dedicated his stage name and Oliver Anthony music page to his grandfather, who was born and raised in Appalachia in the 1930s. In Anthony's words, he revealed that despite sharing his songs with the world, he never intended to find fame and he didn't plan on pursuing music full time. He said, quote, people in the music industry give me blank stares when I brush off $8 million offers. I don't want six tour buses and 15 tractor trailers and a jet. I don't want to play stadium shows. I don't want to be in the spotlight. I wrote the music I wrote because I was suffering with mental health and depression, end quote. This talented Farmville, Virginian red, native redhead who owns three dogs and a plot of land that he's planning on turning into a small farm to rave livestock, went on to say that these songs have connected with millions of people on such a deep level because they're being sung by someone feeling the words in the moment that they were being sung. And there's, there's no editing, there's no agent, no BS, just some idiot and his guitar. And the style of music we should have never gotten away from in the first place, unquote. Three days after Richmond, North of Richmond, was posted onto all these streaming platforms, and five days after uploading it to YouTube, Anthony reached number one on iTunes' all-genre streaming charts. That edged out Jason Aldean's Try That in a Small Town, which was another controversial song that came out several weeks ago. The song also shot to the top of the U.S. Apple Music Country chart. Now, the song is predicted to, as a contender to go to the number one spot on Billboard's Hot 100, alongside names like Morgan Wallen and Luke Combs. His song, his video, they're the subject of multiple reaction videos. And they all show people from all over having this deep emotional reaction to the lyrics and an major appreciation just just the simple sound of Anthony's voice and his guitar, with, of course, several smiles for the German shepherds in the background. Long term, I'm sure we're going to continue to hear from Anthony, just I don't think it's going to be to this degree. He's been posting his music online since at least 2020, but as he said himself, he doesn't intend to make music full time. There's just no denying the cultural impact he's already made, especially with people like Angel. Stay comfy, Angel, and thank you so much for the write-in. Lord, it's a damn shame What the world's gotten to For people like me People like you Wish I could just wake up And it not be true But it is Oh, it is It's time for the box office breakdown Welcome back to our weekly look at how did the box office go this last weekend. 
We had a new release come out. Barbie and Oppenheimer are still in the running. So let's see. How did they all do? And everything is blue for him and himself and everybody around because he ain't got nobody to listen. Wait, does this mean what I think it means? Well, I'll be after five weeks at the number one spot barbie has been dethroned barbie is no longer the box office doll now that blue beetle quickly crawled its way to the top the dc comics flick took home 10 million on its opening night friday august 18th according to imdb's box office mojo uh, the post called the superhero movie refreshingly spry the Blue Beetle starling Zolo Merdueña of Cobra Kai took in $25.4 million in its opening weekend. It has already made history by being the first live-action superhero film centered around a Latino protagonist. And it did manage to beat out Barbie. She's reigned at the box office since it opened July 21st, but landed in second place this weekend with $21.5 million in sales. The comedy Strays also premiered on Friday the 18th. It came in fifth place with $8.3 million. That film features talking pooches voiced by Will Ferrell and Jamie Foxx. You were strayed. You can do anything you want. USA Today said that this movie was definitely a treat, especially for dog lovers who will howl with laughter, but also will cry at its empathetic understanding. And just a PSA for those with children who love pets, especially dogs. This movie is rated R. This one's not for the kids. To round out the top five, Oppenheimer, which was in second place last week, slipped to the number three spot, earning just over $10.6 million, while Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem took fourth spot with $8.4 million in sales. And now for something different. Anybody out there interested in purchasing or perhaps even living in a renovated missile silo? Well, look no further. You can now buy one in Nebraska for the not-so-bargain price of $750,000. YouTube star Andrew Flair purchased the 2,500-square-foot decommissioned Atlas F missile silo back in 2022. Missile silo has a history in the United States. The Army Corps of Engineers built the silos during the 1950s nuclear missiles arm race with the Soviet Union and designed them to endure a nuclear attack. Flair, who has 2.6 million subscribers on YouTube and posts videos about fishing and hunting and you know, all other uh, outdoor activities, told the National Desk jokingly, I text my real estate agent and I was like, we should go look at this and make YouTube videos and it would be sweet to have a place like this. Well, that joke became a reality for Flair, who knew it would take a lot of work to make the underground bunker a livable space. He said, my initial thoughts were, this is a nightmare, it's a disaster, and noted that it was a bit of a challenge financing the silo and dealing with the banks and the appraisal process and the insurance company. The local Fox 11 News ran a piece on Flair and this is what happened. I wanted to sell it as a 
turnkey. You could literally live down there if you wanted to property. Welcome. And the nuclear bunker has gone through a few upgrades. You know, a movie theater screen and popcorn machine and foosball table. But I thought if you're going to stay underground, you, you need to have a little extra things to make it feel um, you know, more comfortable. To renovate a property like a silo, Andrew says adjustments had to be made considering it's not shaped like your typical home. As you're laying the, the you know, the laminate, it's they're all shaped like rectangles. And so to get them all perfectly cut in a circle and not have a big gap because we didn't have baseboard or anything down to cover that, which you would typically have in a home, um, to make the flooring look clean and not have a bunch of gaps everywhere was really difficult on the circle for sure. The entire renovation process took Flair and his team just 45 days. They gutted the entire structure, they cleaned it, built a bathroom and a full kitchen. Afterwards, they painted the structure and added appliances and added furniture. He dubbed it the ultimate underground house. The real estate listing for the silo describes it as an opportunity to own a piece of Cold War military history and the ultimate survivalist retreat, weekend escape, or perhaps an Airbnb. The silo includes electricity, hot and cold running water, a septic system, and a water purification system. And while that price is steep to purchase, the annual taxes are only $432. Realtors Polly and Mike Figueroa mentioned that buyers intrigued by distinctive properties like this former nuclear missile silo have already started contacting them. Let's make a deal! Man, anything to avoid them neighbors, huh? You know, this really would make a great tornado shelter, too, I bet. So, this next story, it, it gets a little fishy. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, that was a fish falling from the sky. But why did it get so dark in here? According to officials from a New Jersey town of Sayreville, a fish was dropped out of the sky by its bird capture, and it caused a power outage for a whole section of homes in the town. According to the Sayreville Police Department, they said there is a large area of lower Sayreville without power. Jersey Central Power and Light is reporting a fish was found on the transformer, and the fish destroyed the transformer. The incident occurred August the 19th, and the police say they can only speculate that it was a bird of prey who caught the fish and dropped it on the transformer, causing the damage. The bird suspect is allegedly an osprey, also known as a seahawk. A representative for Jersey Central Power and Light told Fox News Digital that the outage affected 2,100 Sayreville customers for less than two hours, but did confirm it was caused by the fish. The police department posted a light-hearted follow-up post on the matter, including a suspect sketch of the bird and a crime scene photo. Lieutenant James Novak posted on Facebook, quote, Today's power outage was a major inconvenience for so many of our residents, but please let us not forget the victims in this senseless death. Gilligan was a hard-working family man. He was a father to thousands of children, unquote. This was posted to the department's Facebook page talking about the dead fish. They also said that the suspect was last seen flying south. If you see him, do not try to apprehend him. Although he isn't believed to be armed, he may still be very dangerous. 
The Facebook post playfully instructed members of the public with tips on the case to reach out to Detective John Silver, who handles all of the fish cases. Jersey Central Power and Light also got in on the fun on the Facebook post, telling Fox News Digital that their condolences are with Gilligan's family. A spokesperson for the company, Chris Honig, added, We also send our thoughts to the Ospreys. If you've ever dropped your ice cream cone at the fair, you know the feeling. And though we do appreciate the Ospreys' desire to really connect with the community, the Sayreville High School sports teams are called the Bombers. How appropriate, but could you just imagine the smell when the linemen went up there? And y'all thought microwave fish was bad. So we had some fried fish, we've got a new king at the box office, Twitch bans, no more Twitter bans, a hurricane, and the end of the Netflix era, and an AEW problem. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. I do want to remind you, I do include all of the links to all of my sources in the comments below so you can see what I see and more. Don't forget to drop a comment or send us an email if there's a story you would like us to cover. Join us next time as we check out the latest in entertainment news. Remember guys, stay comfy in the starter zone. This is Amanda. Good luck and have fun. Listening to The Starter Zone with Amanda. I am Raven. We thank you for your time and support. Without you, we simply would not be. Please hit that like and subscribe button and visit us on Facebook and Twitter at The Starter Zone. Have we missed something? Have something to say? Leave us a comment or send us audio clips for your chance to be on the show. We invite you to come back for more exciting news and commentary on the world around you. See you next time in the Starter Zone.